1: Hey guys, it's Lana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I'm excited about this episode because I know this episode is one that will help you. I hope they all help you. But this one, I think specifically, you know, a lot of you guys and myself are very anxious daters. And so I wanted to do a deep dive into dating anxiety because duh, we all need all the help we can get. So today I am joined by Kelly McKenna. She is a therapist and practice owner licensed in New York, New Jersey and Florida. Um, she's also known as sit with Kelly on Instagram. I love her content. She like has so much good insight and so many tools and tips and guidance on how to actually deal with your anxiety. And so definitely give her a follow. Um, We're going to talk all about all the things that you guys want to hear about with anxiety today. I am blabbing on now. Um, Real quick update. I don't know if you guys like I don't know how much you care about my personal life. Um, I'm actually recording this episode uh, less than a week before it's going to come out. So that's why I can actually give personal updates like this, because usually I never know when they're going to come out. Um, But I've actually had a pretty wild week. Um, for the last few years, I've had a lot of pain in my wrist, partially due to how much time I spent on my phone scrolling and, and all the work I've done with social media and all that. I've had like tendonitis and carpal tunnel um, in my wrist and in my thumb over the years, and something's gone on that's pretty funky over the last few months, where like I'm in the most pain I've ever been in. It literally hurts to hold my phone. It hurts to like hold a cup to type on my computer to do anything. I actually canceled all the other recordings I had um, earlier this week because I really didn't think I could do it. But I was like, oh shit, next Tuesday is coming out and have an episode. So I'm going to power through this one. And I'm really glad I did. It's a really, really wonderful episode. Um, And again, Kelly is fantastic. Oh, but yeah. So figuring out what's going on with my wrist, had an MRI, um, dealing with health insurance has been such a pain. I you know, I was told the MRI was approved, like pre-approved. And then I was told, just kidding after I got it, just kidding. It was rejected. Um, and MRIs can be up to a few thousand bucks. And so just, you know, lots of phone calls to the hospital, lots of phone calls to the insurance company is pretty much what my week looks like with me just sitting on my couch, crying in pain in between. Um, Jake did bring me flowers last night, which was very, very sweet. It something that like it's just such a kind like gesture that is so sweet that goes such a long way and and like I almost cried because I was like oh I feel like I always just like wanted to be with somebody who would bring me flowers when I was having a bad day you know and it sounds so silly but it's just like it's so thoughtful um so he's taking good care of me uh, I hate making phone calls to like doctors, <laughs> and I'm literally a child in that way. Like I still need my mom to make my phone calls for me. So uh, my parents from Florida have been trying to coordinate all this stuff and trying to help me through every every step of the way. So um, that's a little bit about what's going on. Take care of your wrists, people. Definitely take care of them. They you need them, especially if it's if it's your dominant hand. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that. Uh, to do this episode. I just have to talk and sit here and I don't need to do anything with my hands. So that is where I'm at. Podcasting is great for me. Um, Everything else I do is not. Anywho, going to get into the episode. Thanks for bearing with me. Send Painless thoughts my way um, don't forget to send this episode to a friend if you have a friend who is really anxious in a dating situation right now or if you have a friend who just you know wants a new podcast to listen to the more you guys can send this to a friend post on your Instagram story a screenshot that you're listening to the episode um, follow seeing other people on Instagram give a five star rating if you're on Spotify a five star rating and a kind review on Apple all of this stuff makes My day makes my week, makes my year and helps the podcast so much, especially when I'm trying to pitch for sponsorships and partnerships and they can see how loved and supported seeing other people is and and how involved the community is. So anything you can do with that, you know, I love you for it. Let's get into the episode. Seeing other people is all about helping you feel less alone and more empowered in your dating life. And a big part of feeling empowered is feeling safe, safe to be your authentic self, safe to be vulnerable and safe on your dates. I recently learned about invisaware a company that allows people to protect themselves and the people they love they create cute and trendy bracelets necklaces scrunchies and more that all have a discreet charm on them that can help save your life if you double click the charm adt will contact up to five of your emergency contacts and optionally authorities with your location there's also premium features offered by adt such as activity tracking live video call 24 7 chat access and more I got my Invisiwear keychain and scrunchie as soon as I heard about them and now I cannot imagine ever going anywhere without them. I feel so much more safe and protected every time I take public transportation, go into a bar, or even walk down the street. Statistics show that nearly one in every five women is attacked at some point in her lifetime. Sadly, many of these emergencies happen with nearby friends and family, but there isn't enough time to contact loved ones or police. With Invisiwear, help is literally a double click of a button away. Keep yourself safe when you go on dates or when you go anywhere for that matter. Head to Invisaware.com. That's I N V I S A W E A R.com and use code Seeing Other People at checkout for 10% off your purchase. All right. And we are here in the episode. Kelly, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself and what you do and how you got involved in being a therapist for specifically anxious millennials?
0: Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Kelly McKenna. Um, You can find me on Instagram at sitwithkelly. And I'm a millennial therapist with anxiety myself. Um, I see clients in New York, New Jersey, and Florida. And I really specialize in working with women in their 20s and 30s dealing with anxiety. Um, You know, when I was dating, I definitely had a lot of anxiety. Therapy has helped me through that a ton as well. Um, And I just honestly love working with anxious millennials because I think that there is so much power in, like, learning how to manage your anxiety. And it's such a period of time where there's so much change and transition, especially in dating. Um, And so it's so important to be able to have somebody kind of like walk you along through it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is it that, Cause I always feel like, oh, like millennials, like we're the most anxious people ever, but is it just Uh. because of the time period of our lives that we're currently in? Like, I'm sure Gen Z, when they're going through their life changes in their twenties and like graduating college, moving to different places, like figuring out who they are, I'm sure they'll experience just as much as anxiety as us. And in a lot of ways, I'm sure they have more in some departments, but like, (laughs) is it something about us or were like generations before us also this anxious? I think it is something
0: about us. Um, But I think that it's also that people are talking about it a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I would never hear my parents use the word anxiety growing up. And they might be overthinking. They might be, like, working through 100 different scenarios in their head or out loud. But they would never, ever, ever identify that as anxiety, right? It was almost like unless somebody was severely mentally ill or had, like, major addiction issues, maybe that was something talked about. But anxiety and depression, we're just kind of like pull yourself up, like keep going. You know, don't feel anxious, don't feel sad. And so I think that our generation is really talking about it a lot more, which is important. But we also dealt with like some pretty awful stuff, right? Most of us graduated during like a recession. We like started to get jobs yeah. during all this time. Um, You know, people are kind of like at the peak of their careers or moving to new cities when COVID hit. And so it's been like a struggle. And I think it makes sense that we would feel a lot more anxious than people who've come before us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Those are really good points. And then I think thinking about dating specifically, because that is what we're, we're here to talk about. <laughs> we do that here. Um, I feel like we're in this new world of technology and social media, and those play a huge role in our dating lives. And I talked to, you know, like, My older brother, who's I mean, he's only four years older, he's in his early 30s. But like, even still, I feel like dating has been a little better for him. Because there's not this expectation that like, the second you match with someone, you're going to stalk them on Instagram, or you're going to like learn every single thing about them. I mean, I even posted something for him about um i posted something on my instagram story about him and then like as a joke wrote like oh by the way he's single if anyone's interested and i did that and i tagged him and he was like oh no i should have like gone through my instagram before yeah. this and like hidden some stuff i'm like andrew it's 2022 like you have to realize that your instagram is <laughs> a dating app in itself like it has to always be like review ready because you never know who's going to be looking at it um But yeah, I feel like anytime I talk to people who are like in their even like, like mid late 30s, just hearing about their dating experience, it just sounds so refreshing and so much better, you know, not expecting that, like the second the date's over, you're going to get a text or like deciding, like, should I text them and thank them? It's like, no, like, you'll, you'll call them or they'll call you. And you don't have to decipher what like, hey, means (laughs) when it just means hi, you know, so that's, That's definitely, I think, adds to it. Totally. And I think, you know, like so often
0: with social anxiety, which dating anxiety is kind of like a piece of, right? It's about learning that people are not thinking about you nearly as much as you're thinking about them. But with dating, it's kind of different, right? Like in the beginning, whether you're like swiping on a dating app or you're looking at someone's Instagram profile or you're on a first date, like you really are kind of judging that other person. To see if they're a good fit for you. And so it's really hard and really vulnerable in that way.
1: Yeah. So, okay, one place I want to start in in talking about just anxiety in general and dating anxiety. Do you feel like with with your clients, with people you work with, they like if they start dating or like something happens in their dating life in a relationship, suddenly like they have all of this like dating specific anxiety that maybe like because Okay, for example, for me, like I never had anxiety, anxiety about anything until something went very, very wrong in my dating life, mm-hmm. in a relationship I was in. And then suddenly, like, not only did I just have dating anxiety, I just had like, I was a ball of anxiety yep. in my entire life. And I was like, how could something like this bring all of that out in me? Uh-huh.
0: Definitely. I think that, you know, some of my clients come and they've been anxious for like their whole life, right? They're like, this mm-hmm. is my personality trait. Like, like I'm an anxious came girl. Out of, <laughs> came out of the womb
1: <laughs> as an anxious girl. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and some people it definitely has like devolves over time, right? And some of it can be like, you know, perfectionism and like this desire or expectation that you do really well in school, right, kind of then turns into how do I have the most friends? How do I have the best social media presence? How do I get the best boyfriend? Um, Whatever that means to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there can definitely be things like that, or like traumatic events, right? Whether it's like big trauma or like little t trauma, right? But stuff that impacts us and really changes the way that we view the world and ourselves and relationships and other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you explain just for those who don't know what little T trauma means? Because I remember hearing that for the first time like a year or two ago. I being like, I don't, I don't know what that means, but I guess I have that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I've, I've experienced that.
0: <laughs> so I think when we say the word trauma, right, like people tend to think of the things that are like big T trauma, right? Maybe like a sexual assault or, you know, you're in a like major car crash or a fire or something, right? Like those things that stand out. You went to war. And a Mm -hmm. lot of the time we forget about these little T traumas that occur all the time, right? Like you don't need to have something totally tragic happen to you in order for you to like have had a traumatic experience, right? It can be, you know, like a guy you're dating cheating on you might be a little T trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be, you know, finding out that Your friend was like sleeping with your boyfriend, or you know, some guy you liked, right? Like these are things that we may not typically label as trauma, um, but they have the same impact on our brain and our experience.
1: Got it. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, can confirm lots of little tea traumas (laughs) here for for this one. Um, Okay, so in kind of processing like our our dating anxiety and going about our dating lives. I think my first big question for you is what is the difference between overthinking and anxiety? I am so excited about my new jewelry from Ana Luisa. And yes, I'm about to give you every single detail about it. I've been searching for a high quality and affordable jewelry brand. And with pieces starting at $39 and new collections released every Friday, Ana Luisa is everything I want and more. Right now I'm wearing these gorgeous gold Tota double hooped earrings which give me the perfect modern stacked look without actually having to go get a second hole. I also got the heritage necklace which is the jewelry equivalent of the little black dress. It has two layers of dainty gorgeous chains and it instantly elevates every single outfit that I wear. One of the reasons I love this brand so much is because they care about the planet. They're carbon neutral from product to packaging. I'm hooking you up with a 20% discount on their entire website at shop.analuisa.com slash seeing other people. That's S-H-O-P dot A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com seeing other people. You can also use the code seeing other people at checkout. You're going to be just as in love and obsessed as I am, and your date night outfits are about to get a major upgrade. Head to shop.analuisa.com slash seeing other people. Remember that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A and get 20% off their entire website today.
0: So I think they kind of go like hand in hand in the same. And Mm -hmm. another thing that's important to realize is every single person experiences anxiety, right? To some degree. You don't have to have like a diagnosable anxiety disorder in order to know what anxiety feels like. Um, I think the difference between like overthinking and an anxiety disorder is when it really starts to impact your life, right? So if you're not going on those dates because you're feeling too anxious or You, like, cancel plans to go to the party because you're, like, so anxious you don't know what to wear. You're afraid of, like, being judged. Um, You, like, turn down assignments at work because you don't want to have to do public speaking. Right? Like, that's the kind of thing where anxiety is really, like, needing to be treated because it's impacting your life. Um, But anxiety can be kind of, like, those physical feelings, those sensations, um, asking, like, what if, right? Or it can be a total overthinking spiral as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How can you, if you're in that moment, like if it is like that overthinking spiral, like what is something that you can do to kind of like ground yourself or just in the moment, like if you notice that you're feeling really anxious about something, like how can you take a step back and and try and manage that?
0: So I think the first thing that's important is really like slowing down and labeling as anxiety because a lot of the times I see my clients will kind of be like in this cycle, but they're not even recognizing that it's their anxiety, like taking the wheel, right? They think that it's like their legitimate job to go through and analyze the text and overthink it, and that that is going to help them in the situation, right? And so I think even by slowing down, and I always tell people if the thought starts with what if, is usually mm-hmm. anxiety, right? <laughs> so if you notice you're going through like Oh my gosh! Like, what if he doesn't text me? What if he's like not going to message me? What if he's like on another date right now? What if he finds someone he likes better? That's anxiety talking. And so, even mm-hmm. just by recognizing that, I think that that can really help you to take a step back. Um, another thing I love is thinking about like productive worry and unproductive worry. So, if there's something you can do to help the situation, that might be productive worry, right? So. You're not sure how the date went. You text him and you're like, hey, had a fun time. Like, are you who frown next week? I would love to like, you know, go check out this bar with you. That might be a productive thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Unproductive might be like, you know, checking his uh, like Bumble to see when the last time he was active is or looking at his Instagram and seeing what pictures he's liked. Like you're not accomplishing
1: anything there. You're just spiraling. A hundred percent. Do you think that like taking the initiative, like you said, it's like like being active, like sending that text, asking them for that date. Like, do you think that that is something that like people should be doing? I feel like people are so afraid to do it because they're like, well, then like, what if it doesn't go well? But it's like, it, from my perspective, like, wouldn't you rather know? And wouldn't doing something help you get that answer rather than sitting there and doing nothing? And it's frustrating to me because I feel like there's so many people out there and like influencers and podcasters and celebrities who are like no 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 like you cannot send the first text like if you are anxious good do not well great like whatever be anxious but you can't text them because yeah. then if you text them and then they respond then you're going to question are they responding because you texted them or because they want to talk to you and so there's so many mixed messages out there but i have always felt like taking that step to actually do something like helps you get that answer and feel like more in control of the situation
0: I would agree with you. I'm not a fan of like the traditional dating rules. So full disclaimer, we're going to turn things (laughs) on their head a little bit about like what girls should do and what guys should do. That's what we do here. (laughs) Um, But I think it's so important, right? I see so many people being worried about being like that cool girl or too chill or they don't want to come on too strong or they don't want to imply they're looking for something serious when they are, right? Like, yeah, it is okay to be like, hey, like I'm dating to try and figure out like, you know, if I want you to be my boyfriend, maybe not so direct as like you, but it's okay mm-hmm. to say I'm looking for a relationship, right? I want to see where this goes. And if that scares him off, he's not the right person if that's what you're looking for, right? And so I think that it's okay to put yourself out there. Like in the end, if he's not into it, you're going to get hurt either way. You might as well find out on the second date, then the 12th date when you really think that it's going somewhere.
1: Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I also think like going off of that, if you're trying so hard to play these games and to like, like you said, like be chill or like, play hard to get, uh, have them chase you, then it's like, you're not actually even being yourself. They're not getting to know you. So you're not even giving them the chance to see if they would like you or would want to be with you because you're not being you. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like like maybe it seems like a good idea at first. It's like, oh, this is how I'll win this person over. But you shouldn't try to be winning somebody over. Like that's a wrong approach to dating in general. You're trying to find somebody who likes you for you. Yeah, And these games just completely get in the way of that.
0: And something that I find a lot of people, especially if you're anxious, right, people totally tend to skip the stage of like, do I like you back, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you're so trying to figure out how to be this perfect person that they're going to be attracted to, like mentally, physically, emotionally, that you're not even pausing to be like, do I like this guy,
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that because the number of times where I would be obsessing over a guy I went on like a date or two with, like overthinking everything, like not being able to sleep because I'm so anxious Mm -hmm. and stressed and nervous about like, when is he going to like ask to see me again? Like, is there going to be that next date? And it, when it took like a friend asking me like, Alana, do you even like this guy? And I, I, and I couldn't say yes. <laughs> I couldn't say yes. I was like, but why does it matter if I like him or not? If he doesn't like me, then what's the point? It's like, well, Alana, you're not like, he, listen to yourself. Like, you can't say that you like this guy. And I'm like, "Yeah, but that's not the point. Like, no, that is the point.
0: And I think that's where it gets tricky. Right. Cause it's like our self-worth can get so caught up in dating because it is so judgmental. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, If he doesn't like me, what does that mean about me? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not cool enough, successful enough? Like, whatever. Um, In reality, it might just be like the two of you are a good fit.
1: Right, 100%. Yes, of course, you want to be liked and you want people to want to date you. But at the end of the day, you don't like every single person that you go on a date with. Mm -hmm. And it works both ways. Every single person you go on a date with isn't going to like you. And they're not supposed to. And you're not supposed to. And that's why we date.
0: Yes, that's why we're like literally – that's why you date instead of having like an arranged marriage or something, right? Exactly. You get the power and autonomy to decide like who you're in a good relationship with and so take advantage
1: of it. A hundred percent. Okay. Going off of the concept of like, do I like them or like, do they like (laughs) me? um, You posted something on your Instagram that I thought was like really, really helpful. And it was about the difference between activated attachment versus love. Mm -hmm. If you could explain that, I feel like there's just like so much to learn and take away from that. Sure.
0: So just like as kind of a recap, in case you have no idea, like what activated attachment is, um, basically attachment theory Explains like how you relate to other people in relationships, whether it's like romantic or long-term friendships. And a lot of it is shaped off of like your early childhood experiences, right? And how your parents like met your needs, but it can also be influenced for better or for worse by like previous romantic relationships as well. And so for a lot of people that are anxious, right, they may fall under this umbrella of like anxiously attached. And Like, stereotypically, right, that's kind of more, like, the needy girl, like, checking in, wanting to, like, get reassurance, fearing that, you know, he doesn't like me, um, that kind of thing. And so a lot of the times when we're anxiously attached, right, like, our nervous system gets activated, meaning that there's something that triggers us to kind of go to that place of needing that reassurance And needing our partner to, like, meet our needs, give us, like, that confirmation, I still like you, et cetera. And so there's kind of, like, this up and down cycle of, you know, your partner gives you a little bit and you feel, like, really good. And then they pull back and you start to, like, do the questioning, right, of, like, does he even like me? you know, maybe you're checking their SNAP score, your, their location, you're playing games. You're like, oh, like, sorry, I'm going on another date today. Like, I'm free Wednesday to see how he, like, responds to that, um, right? And so that's, like, when the um, your attachment is activated. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get, like, a little niceness again. <laughs> and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And I think a lot of people this like, construe that as having a spark or being interested in somebody. Right. And so like you were talking about with this guy who you're like, I'm not even sure if I like you. You know, you can feel that like excitement of like, why am I obsessing over this? I must like him. Right. And then it can be confusing because if you're not doing that with somebody because they're communicating really clearly and openly and honestly, you're not going through that spiral. And so I see so many of my clients are like, oh, I'm just not that into him or he must be boring. Right. Or there's just like not that spark. And it's like, no, he's being clear and direct and you're not having yeah. to like guess and play games, which is like lighting you up inside, but it's not actually in a good way.
1: A hundred percent. So that situation when I was couldn't definitively say that I liked this guy, it was actually a guy I was going on dates with right before, like right leading into the first date that I went on with my now boyfriend of over mm-hmm. a year. And it the... the honestly, like, I'm glad I had these two experiences at the same time, because realizing how anxious I was about this guy who like, I didn't even know that I liked, but I just wanted him to like me versus my boyfriend, Jake, who was so communicative, like told me right after the date, he like had a great time and wanted to see me again and like followed up. And it, it was, it was night and day. Mm -hmm. And while I thought at first, like, oh, like, yeah, like, I mean, that's like weird, but like refreshing, like, sure. I could tell like, great. I had a good time too. Like I'll see you again, whatever. It was really nice to see how I felt zero anxiety like yeah. between my first few dates with Jake versus every single other guy I dated for the most part. And it was different, but that was a sign that like, Oh, I can actually date somebody and not feel terrible all the time. Uh-huh
0: ideally right yeah (laughs) do you think there were like past people that you dated that kind of like approached things like in a more direct way like Jake but that you kind of just like swore off as like oh like not for me this guy's like boring
1: (laughs) there there definitely were I mean I one comes to mind but For me with this guy, yeah, like he was very upfront, very clear the whole time. Um, But then it just became like too much, like genuinely great guy, like he actually just got engaged like <laughs> to someone I know like happy for her. Cause I'm sure she'll be treated like incredibly well by him. But like when I felt like he was coming on a little too like forward, a little too strong, like, and I wanted space. Like I told him I was like working late at night at my office, which I was, it was like 1030 and I was still uh-huh. working. And he had like asked me to come over. I'm like, I'm literally going to be here till like midnight. All of a sudden there's a knock on my office door and he shows up with a bottle of wine. And I'm oh, like, gosh. I'm like, in theory, in theory, that is so romantic and wonderful, <laughs> but I'm already at the point where like, I needed a little breathing room yep. and, and like, no, I wasn't just saying I was like at the office, just, like <laughs> chilling. I was literally doing work. So like that kind of pushed me like a little bit further away. But again, had I really liked him, I'm sure I would have been like, that's the most romantic thing. That's the <laughs> moment I fell in love with this guy. So yep. who knows? <laughs> who knows?
0: It's interesting how that happens.
1: Yeah. If you have dating anxiety, I have a very important message for you. So listen up. You know me. You've heard me talk about my dating anxiety on seeing other people. And at some point, I actually overcame it. I stopped being obsessive about checking my phone every five seconds to see if my date had texted me yet. I stopped overthinking and self sabotaging and really creating stories in my head about what happened on the date when in reality, the date was great and I was going to hear from them again. And the clear change happened when I started taking a CBD happy gummy before my date and a CBD calm gummy after my date. And these are all from mindset, wellness, CBD, mindset, wellness, literally changed my dating life. I totally think that they are the reason that I am in a relationship now that is healthy and I'm happy. And it really helped me calm myself down and get out of my head and be present on the date, be happy, be my best self on the date. And then after the date, not overthink, not go crazy and not drive myself insane thinking about all of these things that were out of my control that I was probably making up and that really had nothing to do with anything. So if you have dating anxiety and you haven't tried taking Mindset Wellness CBDs gummies before and after your date, trust me, they are a complete game changer. You have to try them. I have a 20% off code for you. If you go to mindsetwellness.com, use code seeing other people at checkout, that's 20% off and free shipping and get rid of your dating anxiety. So you have no excuse. You have to go do it. And I can't wait to hear how much it helps. So question for you, you brought up like checking someone's like snap scores, checking to see if they were last active on Bumble, if they've updated their profile. I know we all have gotten to a point where we've checked people's Venmo's to Uh see who they're Venmoing and whatnot. Um, have you, in, in your experience with your clients, like, have you ever seen somebody like go through these steps and then it actually work out?
0: Um, say someone who comes to mind is me. (laughs) I was definitely doing that with my now husband in the beginning. Uh, But it was like super toxic, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't think that that is the healthiest way to enter a relationship. I also don't think that there is any, like there's no purpose of it. Um, For me, it didn't really like hurt anything per se, except for like my own sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that I've ever seen somebody like confront somebody about, you know, changing their profile picture successfully or why you're Venmoing. mowing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that it just, you're not accomplishing anything besides making yourself anxious when you're doing it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And the same thing with like checking to see if someone checked your Instagram story or like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the second, the second that feature became available on Instagram, where like you could see when the person was last active, I turned it off. And then I went Uh on like the five other accounts that I have (laughs) and I turned it off because I was like, I know that this is the single worst possible thing for my anxiety.
0: Uh huh. I didn't even know you could turn it off. I'm going to have to start recommending turn it off.
1: that. <laughs> Disclaimer, public service announcement, you can turn it off. And, and awesome. if you know that you're someone who's going to be checking that, like turn it off, do yourself a favor.
0: And I think the reason why that's so important is because it's basically like a form of reassurance, right? Like mm-hmm. you are looking for good news. You're trying to see like, okay, this person's just into me, like, The reason why they're not answering my text message, they're probably not on their phone, right? Like, let me check and make sure they're not active on Instagram. And so you're either going to get hurt with bad news because you haven't established where you are in the relationship, right? And they're Mm -hmm. doing things like dating other people, which they are allowed to be doing. Um, Or you're just getting that reassurance. And the problem with reassurance is it kind of like tells our brain, yes, like you should be anxious about this. This is a dangerous situation. Like we need to protect ourselves. And so instead of the anxiety goes down temporarily for like a minute, right? But then every time that he doesn't answer right away, your brain goes again, like, shit, this is horrible. This is dangerous. Like we need to check. We need to check. And that's how it starts spiraling from, you know, seeing if he read your message to checking Venmo, snap locations, what pictures he's liked, et cetera.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So do you have any tools or suggestions on how to stop doing that?
0: People hate this, but I think that it's literally just to, like, get more comfortable feeling anxious, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, being able to tolerate that feeling of unknowns and sitting with it, right? So, like, acknowledging, okay, I feel really anxious right now. You know, I'm kind of worried. I don't know if he likes me. I'm just going to, like, sit here and feel that instead of trying to make it go away. Because emotions are really intense, but they typically only last like two to three minutes if we stop feeding them, right? Mm. And so if you can just like sit down and like literally breathe as cliche as it is, you're going to move on, (laughs) right? But you keep on giving like your anxiety the stimulus when you're like checking all these different locations and it can literally last you for hours that way
1: there have definitely been times where I've let myself like completely lose control and I'll be like crying and like just literally like curled up in a ball, historically crying, like feeling a certain way. And then like, I've like made, I've like sent like texts I shouldn't have sent, like left voicemails I shouldn't have sent and stuff in, in relationships in the past. And like, I always just like think back and wonder like, what if I didn't let myself do that? (laughs) Like, what if I, Like what if I called a friend instead or what if I went for a walk and left my phone in the apartment and like I'm sure I thought about doing that in the moment but I decided no I'm not going to do that I'm not going to help myself.
0: Uh huh. The other two things I think are really helpful is like save to draft right like sometimes it can feel really good to tell the person off. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're at that point that you're spiraling, you've probably felt like wronged by this person somehow. They're like always not answering your messages, you know, whatever. They're not being consistent. They're not respecting your boundaries. So like write what it is that you need to say and put it away, right? Like talk to them about it in person, you know, send it in like two days if you still feel that way. But it doesn't need to be in that moment. And a lot of the Mm times just getting those thoughts out can be so, so helpful. Um, Totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just had a, a funny thought to myself. <laughs> We're all, cause I, I'll, I, in the past and my friends and I will like encourage each other. Like, if you're anxious and you want to text a guy, something like text it to me instead. Like yep. imagine if like you literally changed your friend's name in the phone to like <laughs> that guy's name and just was like, okay, like role play this with yep. me. Like, make, make, like reassure me, even though like I know it's not <laughs> coming from him. Like just, just give me some of that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe don't try that, but who knows? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, the yeah. other
0: thing I think is really helpful is like taking a piece of paper and drawing like a line down the middle and writing on one side, like all the evidence that your anxious thoughts are true yes. and all the evidence that your anxious thoughts are not right. And that can help give you some perspective of whether or not like he's really a shitty guy that you need to confront. If there's really like a boundary that you need to set or whatever, or mm-hmm. if this is like mostly in your head. Um, and you know, a lot of the times there will be evidence on both sides and that's okay, but you kind of just got to like weigh it all and seeing it on paper helps you to make like a more clear headed decision.
1: I love that. And on the topic of trying to differentiate things, how do you differentiate? This is something that my listeners ask me all the time and something that I really struggled with, but like, obviously we're dating, we're meeting different people. Mm -hmm. We don't know how they are going to make us feel. We don't know how we're going to feel around them. And I think a really big struggle is being able to determine is this anxiety coming from me is it my anxiety that's showing up or is it new anxiety because of them because of something they're saying or not saying or doing or not doing that's now making me feel more anxious uh-huh
0: um i think a lot of the time the anxiety is still like coming from you right mm-hmm. because like a situation happens whatever it is they're saying or doing And then our brains form a thought about that situation, and that thought is usually what's going to go ahead and make us anxious, right? Right. It's, like, how we're interpreting that information Um, and then what we're doing with it, right? Because that thought also impacts our behavior. So maybe he's, like, blowing you off and he's canceled three dates, and so your thought is, like, oh, my gosh, I don't really know if he's that into me. And you have an option there of, like, telling him like sorry like I'm looking for somebody more consistent than this and like (laughs) calling it um Mm -hmm. or you can you know try and like twist yourself into a pretzel and see if like that will make him be more consistent or you can tell him like what the problem is and say like hey it's really not cool that you've canceled like three dates on me um you know are you into this I really liked you I'm willing to give you another chance but like my time is valuable right. And kind of seeing like where we go with that.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really good point. The last thing that you brought up, I actually, uh, a friend of mine, this is uh follow-up on the new neighbor story. Everybody uh-huh. that I mentioned a few weeks ago, um, new neighbor in my apartment, we've become good friends over the last like month. And she has been going on dates. Um, and most recently she went on a date with somebody who like, had like she thought it was really great he like texted her like the next morning about how great of a time he had and then she just like she followed up they're starting conversation like he's continuing the conversation and then she doesn't hear from him for four days Uh and she's so she's like i don't understand like is this guy ghosting me he comes back a week later (laughs) they go on a second date she kind of like she brings it up being like oh like i like i thought you were ghosting me and he was like no like not at all (laughs) and so like that was kind of her hint to him to be like okay like try and follow up a little bit more. Yep. And again, the same thing happened between dates two and three, but there <laughs> was a date three. And so on date three, she like made it more clear. She's like, no, like I'm not gonna just like sit around and wait for your texts like that. Like I am like I don't enjoy that. And I would really appreciate if you could be a little more communicative. And so over the past week, he's actually shown that and he's put uh-huh. in the effort and said like, okay, like I hear you. Like he actually listened to what she said and his actions are are backing that up um and so they had date four last night i haven't gotten the, <laughs> the report back yet but um we were talking about it and it's like i don't like the word like people always say like, oh you have to train them like you have to uh-huh. train this girl you have to train this guy i don't like that word because they're not a dog and <laughs> i have a 10 month old dog and training him has been very very difficult but <laughs> i do feel like there are things like You have to, in a sense, like you do have to train someone on you, Mm -hmm. on how to navigate dating you and what works for you and what doesn't. And so I do think like speaking up and trying to say like, this makes me feel like not so great. I would appreciate it if you were able to do this. Obviously that there are boundaries to that. You you don't want to have to change someone. And I feel like that's kind of the toughie with that is like navigating that fine line between like asking for what you need from someone versus trying to change them.
0: Totally. And I think that his response was like, perfect, right? Like there's so many reasons why he may not be texting. Like maybe he doesn't want to come on too strong. He's like afraid Mm -hmm. of scaring her away. He's super busy, like whatever. Um, But I think that by her saying that, she gave him the option to do it or not do it, Mm -hmm. right? Like he could have totally said, you know, I'm a horrible texter. Like my work days are crazy. I can't really text during the day. Like, sorry, this is kind of like, it is what it is. And she can choose to take it or leave it. There are some people who that would work great for and others who it would not. Um, But he did it, right? He was like willing to do that. And I think that that's awesome. All you can really do is like state what your needs are and then see if the person can rise to the occasion and meet them or not
1: yeah, and if not, that's okay. that again, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or that you're never gonna find uh-huh. love and you're gonna be single forever. Like that's not what that means. It just means like this person, if they couldn't do what you needed them to do for you to feel comfortable in the situation between dates one and three, mm-hmm. then what are they gonna do between kids one and three? Like it's <laughs> not gonna work out totally, <laughs> yeah, um, okay. Question in terms of, let's say, let's say people were able to, you know, overcome that dating anxiety. Uh-huh and get into a, like a good, a happy, healthy relationship. Um, I feel like sometimes, especially, and I know we're not talking too much about attachment styles today, but like if someone's anxious and their partner is secure or whatever type of partner you end up with, um, they might not be used to all of the anxiety that somebody has. Mm -hmm. Um, and vice versa, an anxious person sometimes has a really difficult time understanding how someone else isn't anxious. So how do you like support your partner with anxiety or how do you on, on the flip side of that also like communicate your anxieties to your partner? Yeah.
0: I think that it's all about like communication. Right. And we can't expect our partner to like fix the anxiety right? Like it's not going to go away. if like you have depression. It's not going to go away just because you're in a happy relationship. And so I think that that's really important is to like expect that it's okay for it to still be there and then communicate what you need, right? Communicate like what kind of things trigger you, right? So if it's like him not answering text messages, um, you know, not initiating plans, making plans without telling you, like whatever that is, um, communicating that is like really helpful. And then trying to like I think the most important thing is having trust that like both partners are doing the best that they can, right? And I think that when you when your partner has anxiety, if you go into it with that assumption, you're gonna be so much more compassionate and empathetic. And same if your partner doesn't have anxiety and they don't like validate you the right way, or they snap at you or whatever, understanding that they're trying their best is gonna help you come at it from such a better place because there is gonna be learning. That happens in the relationship. You're going to figure out, like, okay, my partner doesn't want advice and they're feeling anxious, but it really helps if, like, I go over and I hold her hand and, like, I tell her I love her, right? While some people may want you to, like, fix it for them and give them advice or it, like, feels like way too much to be touched when you're super anxious, and that's okay, but kind of, like, coming at it as, like, a team and experimenting and saying, like, hey, what's helpful or I notice you're feeling anxious, like, let's light a candle, like, whatever, Um, just kind of like doing these things and seeing what works together is really good. And then I think also understanding that being the partner of somebody with anxiety can also be hard and you're going to need your own space as well, right? Like whether it's talking to your own friends, your family, a therapist, like just having some alone time, it's okay to need those things. You are allowed to have needs too, even if your partner's needs are like more intense with anxiety, Um, And so making sure to take time for yourself as well.
1: Yeah, that's so important. I I love what you said about asking and seeing what works for someone because, I mean, that's another big thing. Like maybe somebody was dating somebody with anxiety and now they're dating somebody new and they want to, they think like comforting them in the same way is going to work, but it totally might not work. And Mm -hmm. then it might upset the person with anxiety the wet that like, Oh, like, well, he or she, or they tried to comfort me by doing this. And like, that made me more anxious. And now I'm thinking about all these other things. And it's like, well, they didn't know, like they were just trying their (laughs) best. So yeah, I totally think that like figuring out what works for you and and maybe you'll learn that different things work with this partner that you didn't know worked because you didn't know them before. Um, I think that that's like really, really smart. And it can also be like really empowering and will help you build like a stronger relationship.
0: I think too, like nobody wants to be anxious. Like nobody wants to be anxious. Right. So like I have anxiety. No one wants my anxiety to be gone more than I do. And so Mm -hmm. I think that like recognizing that from your partner's perspective is super helpful because sometimes it can feel frustrating. Like, oh my gosh, just like stop being anxious about this already. Right. But it's like, They want that so badly. Trust that they're doing like everything that they can and be compassionate with it.
1: Yeah, I think that like crosses over really into like toxic positivity. It's like everything's gonna be fine or like you have (laughs) nothing to worry about, like it'll all work out. And it's like those are just really the wrong things to say to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Because not only is it not helpful, but it's more like, you like it's like you don't know that like stop saying why are you saying that like how do you know like that's not true or well it hasn't worked out in the past and Um, it's about like validating instead
0: right so instead of saying like it's all gonna work out saying like oh my god it's really scary like you know to kind of like think of all these possibilities right and just like acknowledging the emotions that they're feeling even if they're a little like out of proportion for the situation at hand
1: Totally. One uh, personal win that I've had in my dating anxiety experience. So I, I've been going to the same therapist for like four years now since getting out of a really toxic relationship, maybe about five years, 2017, 18. I don't remember which it was. (laughs) Anywho. Um, I mean, for like literally three years straight, I would go to my therapist and 99% of our conversations were about my dating anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I met Jake. My therapist knows nothing about him. (laughs) Not a thing because I genuinely like found somebody who like communicates the way I need them to communicate. And like, we, like I was able to communicate like what makes me anxious and like Mm -hmm. what I need from him. And I just think that's something that like, yes. And it, oddly enough, I mean, not oddly enough, my anxiety is still here. Don't you, don't you to worry. Um, it, it, it's kind of shifted over to like different parts of my life. Um, but I definitely did not ever expect that. Like I would be able to date somebody and not constantly feel anxious, like mm-hmm. long-term.
0: And I think that that's like, so powerful too, in terms of like attachment theory really quick. Um, so when you date somebody, if you're anxiously attached and you date somebody who's securely attached, that can actually really, really, really help your attachment style. Right. So it's fluid. And by getting that like reassurance and communication and trust that you need in a relationship, you're able to become more securely attached yourself. Right. And so that's why a lot of like the dating anxiety starts to go away when you're in this healthy relationship with a partner who gets it and can actually meet your needs.
1: Yeah. Well, my question off of that is, okay, if Jake and I were to break up and I was going to go back out in the dating world, would my old habits and patterns and anxieties rush right back? Or do you think I would now like after having this experience, like be more of a securely attached dater?
0: I think it depends, right, on, like, the yeah. circumstances of this hypothetical knock breakup that doesn't happen. Um, but I think, you know, assuming that it was, like, amicable or your choice or something, right, um, I think that you would be more securely attached. And I think that this is, like, a positive um, example for you to be able to look back on and to know, like, okay, this is what a healthy relationship feels like right? Mm -hmm. This is what dating with somebody who's securely attached feels like. These are green flags to look for when I'm dating. And, you know, I think just by like the luck of the draw, you're likely to meet a couple of people that like are not going to meet your needs when you start dating again. And that might trigger some stuff. But I think that you would feel a lot more confident choosing to walk away from those situations and saying like, this is just not like what I need from a partner now that you've had what you need.
1: Totally. And I actually I think that's really empowering. And that's something that like it does take a while. I remember after my last relationship, like figuring out like what I learned from it, because someone told me that was something I had to do. I was like, like, (laughs) I learned how I want to be treated. Like, yes, it sucked how it ended. And it sucks that it's over. But I actually learned what it was like to be treated by somebody who like genuinely cares about you and will show that. But then I just like did not hold on to that when I was leaving, <laughs> like at all. But it's so important to like, you have to remember. And that's, that's my whole thing about, I think like standards. I feel like people have all of these, like a long list of like the standards that they have when they look mm-hmm. for someone, but those are way more like superficial things. And I think totally. the standards you should set should be about how somebody treats you mm-hmm. and how they show up for you, not how, they are on a scale of one to 10 or like how tall they are or what school they (laughs) went to. Like that stuff doesn't matter, but how you're treated by somebody is what matters. Totally.
0: And I think just like kind of shifting that perspective too, when you're dating and looking for a partner instead of focusing so much on like, Oh, like we both enjoy tacos or we both love like football Sundays or whatever, like really thinking about like, what do both of you value? What do you want your relationship to look like? And trying to find a partner who has like that same vision as you is going to be so much more important than like these general interests or like physical requirements.
1: Totally. And trying to find someone who you feel more comfortable, more confident, more secure with, like, I think that's the biggest thing. And and it was right in front of me that like, I felt so anxious with one guy and so comfortable with another. And Uh like, it, I couldn't figure that out for myself though. Like it took somebody else having to like spell it out for me. So I think really paying attention to how you feel with someone. And if you feel like, oh, like I don't feel anxious because I know where I stand with this person. Like that's a really, really, really good sign. Uh-huh. And like try and see that through rather than just saying like, oh, this person's like kind of boring. or like, eh, like I don't see it going anywhere. Like go on that next date, try and learn more about them. Because if you feel good with someone, that's probably a really big green flag.
0: Yep. Totally. Cannot not agree yeah. more.
1: Yeah. So my last question for you is what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever gotten?
0: I think we kind of touched on it already, but like pay attention to whether or not you like him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause I was like super in that boat, the same as you described of like being so worried about if people liked me, um, playing the games, right. And trying to be like this perfect version of myself that was like, Available, but not too available and cool and like super sex positive and like whatever. Instead of focusing on here's like what I like about myself and here's what I would like a potential partner to have and do these people need it or not.
1: And I think that once
0: I started to approach things from like that point of view, I was going on a lot more like first dates and being the one to choose to say like, "Mm, not really interested in a second, obviously a lot more kindly than that. Uh, But that felt really empowering to be able to say no and to say like, had a great time, but like not really feeling the vibes, like best of luck out there and, you know, choosing to walk away and really look for a relationship. That was one that I wanted.
1: I think that is so powerful and something that I really hope everybody can take away from this episode and and our conversation because- if you can approach dating like that, like, I feel like we get, we approach dating from like, I really hope they like me. Like, I'm so nervous for this date. It has to go well. They seem so good on paper. It's like, you're, you can be in the driver's seat. Uh-huh. Like you do not have to be in the passenger seat. Like it is your dating life. You're not just a prop in their dating life. Like in this yep. is a random person from a random <laughs> app, like, no, this is your dating life. And you're trying to find somebody that meets your criteria of what you want in a partner and what you want in a long-term relationship and what you value. So I think that is so empowering and so powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like this absolutely flew by. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you?
0: Yes. Um, definitely check me out on Instagram at sitwithkelly. Um, I'm also on TikTok, but definitely more active on Instagram. Both handles are sitwithkelly. Um, I see therapy clients in New York, New Jersey, and Florida. So if you'd like to schedule an intro call with me, um, there's a link in my bio on Instagram to do that as well
1: amazing thank you again everybody go follow sit with Kel she's great <laughs> um, and uh, to everyone who listen don't forget to send this episode to a friend who would benefit from hearing it I know you all have anxious friends because you tell me all the time how anxious all of you and your friends are so send this to your group chats don't forget to give a five-star rating and review and follow seeing other people on Instagram for more